Dear Heavenly Gracious God, as we come before your holy presence, we ask your forgiveness for each and every known sin, word, thoughts, or deed that we've committed against you. As we enter the message, we ask you to allow your Holy Spirit to take it and make it real. Make it real unto the listeners. Continue to make it real for me. May Christ and only Christ be glorified. In his precious name, we ask you and thank you. Amen. How about some prayer? Are you in need of it today? We're looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. The word, not Gary. Gary doesn't have a word. But the word of God says, pray without ceasing. Do not stop praying. Always keep praying. The Apostle Paul, what he's doing is letting the believers at the church, the Christians at the church of Thessalonica, letting them know that they should and must develop a habit of prayer. He's also letting them know not to break that habit. A better than a household of faith, how about in your own life? How about some prayer? Have you been praying? Our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, told his disciples a parable over in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And in essence, it said that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Where yet today? You're losing heart. You've stopped praying. Why? We see how that our loving God is committed to the believers of the household of faith who become a part of his family. You see in the word that he's committed to answering our prayers. You've heard me share the story from my life. I don't know about your life. I know about mine. I've clung to the Chapter and verse, Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Remember, all scripture is not to you, but it's for you. Call unto me, and I'll answer you. And show you great and mighty things that you don't know. No man, no woman, no woman, no man has been able to do that for my life. And you should be able to have a testimony as well, knowing who has been there for you when no one else has. You can remember the time when you prayed and you didn't pray to some man or some woman or some woman or some man. You didn't pray to your family, your relatives, your friends, your employer out there, the pastor, the pew members, or the political person, the social person, educational person, you name the system. And when you prayed to God, You waited on him to either say yes or no, and he delivered, always on time. You know he did. But Paul is letting the believers know, as well as you and I, that it is God's will that you and I develop that constant, consistent, habit of prayer. 
making sure that we never break that habit. So the question is, why are you praying if you're praying? Because there are some of you who are walking around telling me, you know, if God knows what's going on, then and it's God's will. What's going to happen, and what's my prayer going to do? But brother, the household of faith, you and I pray for a lot of reasons. We pray for the good of our own spiritual lives, do you? We pray because our communication is with God. This is our way of talking with God. And when was the last time you were just quiet and listening? We recognize through prayer that that prayer in our life is important to our spiritual growth and maturation in the family of God. Think about it in your own life. Those of you who are blessed to have a child or children, knowing that you got to give them some milk if it's a baby or now, if you're a baby and you're a thousand years of age and you're still walking around like a baby, now you know something wrong with that. I don't care who you are. And then you begin to grow, and then you need some meat inside of you. Beginning to mature in the family. But here we see that without prayer, you and I cannot know God's will for our life. And when we don't know God's will, how are you going to know what to do? How are you going to know what's to please him? But as believers of the household of faith, we recognize while studying the word, reading the word, applying the word, that pleasing or obeying God has got to be our first priority, is it, in your life? And when you recognize, especially as you surrender to God, allowing him to use you for his glory, especially in the Great Commission, knowing that Individuals we meet on a daily basis, irrespective of who we are, that waiting for God to open the door so that we can present the gospel. Praying to advance the kingdom of heaven. And when it comes time to open our lips, we pray for wisdom and courage and strength to be able to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, irrespective of where we go. We pray for the Holy Spirit of God to proceed in the hearts and minds of those that he's allowing us to speak to so that their hearts are softened to be receptive to the message of Christ. Not your message, not my message, not your pastor's message, not the pew members' message. These are reasons for prayer. So that one day that person that God has led you to speak to, that when you arrive in heaven, they're there as well, according to his word. Paul is simply saying in this verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, that you and I must be in prayer, make it habitual, learn to develop that habit in our lives. It doesn't mean that you and I can assume, you know, only you know if you're doing some type of pious or condescending attitude because we're constantly in prayer. You know, there may be individuals walking around or giving the overt outward appearance, trying to let everybody know I'm in prayer. Trying to give the appearance that 
We're more spiritual than other people. It also doesn't mean that we got to separate ourselves from society or go and enter some type of convent or monastery to, to fulfill what Paul is talking about as an encouragement. You know, I remember the story of a, of a person. It could be a man. It could be a woman. It could be you. It could be me. But this person every day would go to the store. And as they were going to the store, they were always past this monastery. And they saw the individuals, and it just seemed like it was so peaceful, serene. And the person who was going to the store, they began to think on the inside, wishing that they were there with the individuals that they were seeing every day as they were walking to the store. They gave the appearance that they were serene, all peaceful and everything. That's what they were. So one day he went and he posed a question to them. You know, why are you all so serene and peaceful and how can I receive that? You know, share share with me the story. So the individuals who happen to be monks, they, they said to him, listen, or her, every day we fall down. We get up. We fall down. We get up. Paul's encouragement to you and I is not to be on our knees 24 hours, seven, seven days a week, but that you and I should always be in a spirit and mindset of prayer, that you and I should always be ready to pray when it is needed. It should always be running through our minds. You know, especially where the battleground takes place. And if we look at and study prayer, then you and I can see that prayer has two sides. You got the human side and you got the divine side. The human side is where you and I speak to the God of heaven and earth, and the divine side is when he speaks back to us. It's where you and I are bringing our confession our thanksgiving, our petitions, our intercessions to God. And we got to remember that the most important part of prayer is not when you and I are speaking to God, but when we are listening to God to speak to our hearts. Remember the household of faith in your life, in your prayer life, only you know. Is that what you're doing? We should always have a part of our prayer time that's a quiet time that we seek to hear from God. When was the last time you set aside a room or wherever you happen to be at? A quiet time for you and God. Don't you want to hear from him regarding his will for your life? Don't you want to hear from God his answers to your prayers and his guidance and those issues where you know you're unsure about? Listening to God is possible in prayer. In prayer, then you and I talking to God. He already knows what we're going to ask for. You got to remember through his word, he desires us to ask because he desires that genuine relationship with us. I always share with people, and I've tried to do so 
last evening with someone. I don't know. And that's what I believe in my life. Everything is a relationship, irrespective of who you meet. Whether it's in your home, out there at your place of worship, out there in your political world, your community world, your educational world, out there on your job. Doesn't make a difference whether it's to the supervisor, the peers, whoever it happened to be. It's a relationship, whether it's a official relationship, a personal relationship, everything's a relationship because you're dealing with humans and human women and human women and human men. That which they say with their lips doesn't match the shoes. That man, that woman, that woman, that man. With God, it's a little bit different. If you and I would have God hear us when we pray, then we got to hear him when he speaks. We have to learn to develop a habit of prayer for many reasons. we got to develop that habit of prayer because God is a God who listens to his people. God is a God who listens and he has promised in many places of the scripture that I know you're reading about, that when you and I pray, he's going to answer that prayer, and he's going to bestow his gifts upon his children. You haven't heard me say one thing about money. You haven't heard me speak about any material goods. Could it be spiritual blessings? God is a God who listens. He's not listening just to take our orders when we pray. He listens to our prayers. He knows what is best for you and I. And he's going to answer our prayer in the manner that's beneficial for us that glorifies him. Those gifts that you and I have, the ones that you thought that you got them on your own, depending on what we're talking about, he gave us those gifts the ones that's good for you and I to edify others. You didn't hear me say just build you up selfishly. And you can see that over in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, where Jesus Christ makes it clear, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Those of you who are loving parents or parents, do you give your children or child something evil or do you give them good? That tells a story about you. Paul is making it clear to the believers, to the church of Thessalonica, the importance of developing a habit of prayer and why. We're talking about God who is a God who listens. One that we can find that in his answers to our prayers, the gifts he bestows upon us are in perfect harmony, purpose for our lives. When you read the word, understand the word, apply the word, seeing how God has answered the prayers in our life, we see God's character. It's very clear in the way he answers prayers. We find that 
his character is revealed to us through the word of God. We also see in God's answers to our prayers that you and I begin to see and understand the gifts that he has given as we follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. My brethren of a household of faith, where are you at in your prayer line? How about some prayer? What are you expecting from God when you pray? When we pray, wherever we pray, whenever we pray, can you see the habitual part of that set aside quiet time that you know you should have that we talked about in the beginning? We're talking about praying without ceasing. How about that in your life? We're looking at the greatest leaders throughout the Word of God who understood the power of prayer. Paul, in my private time now, just sharing, in the book of Daniel, powerful. you talking about prayer. How about in your own life? But speaking of Daniel, Daniel got down on his knees. He prayed three times a day. He knew and understood the importance of genuine praying and a prayer life. But better the household of faith and the challenges that occur in your life. Remember, you're either in a trial, waiting for one, or coming out of one. Have you been praying? Do you really know the story of Daniel and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? And when you understand the story of Daniel, and you see that there were individuals who, maybe religious leaders, political leaders, social leaders, wanting to be somebody, have been somebody with the king. But they couldn't answer the king's request to know about his dream. And the king made it clear he wasn't interested in them buying some time. Daniel prayed before God to get the answer. Otherwise, Daniel and his three companions would have been killed along with all the other false teachers and prophets and so forth. But Daniel had to go before the God of heaven and earth. And of course, those individuals watching him who meant Daniel no good, you know they wasn't going to let up. Trying to find any reason, including in his prayer life, to try to destroy him, try to discredit him before the king. And when you read the story, you see that they even went behind the scenes without anybody knowing, but God was watching. And I'm sure that the king was alert. He was. And he had passed a law that couldn't be turned around. Those men knew that. So they set the king up, and they set Daniel up, and they set... Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego up, and the king must have forgot that he had just acknowledged God, and he 
had this golden image, this idol. Are you worshiping idols? He gave an order. Whoever didn't bow down would be killed. Well, now the test comes before the companions of Daniel. How is it testing your life? Do you think those young men didn't pray? Their life was in jeopardy. But they let the king know, and he asked them, you know, why aren't you bowing down? And they let him know, you know, who they serve. Who are you serving in your life today? Are you serving that woman, that man, that man, that woman somewhere out there that you've allowed to be first in your life? So they become the God over your life. And so the king got mad, very mad, had thrown into the fiery, fiery furnace, told him to, you know, really make it hot. Do you think anything happened to Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? God was the one who was in control. He had a purpose. He had a plan for their lives. They didn't know what it was. They were in a trial, taken from their home. You've been taken from your home? Where are you at? In your own life? Where are your prayer life? What's going on with it? Do you need some prayer? Have you stopped praying? Do you have a need? And there are some of you talking about what need that you're talking about. What need is Paul talking about? What need is Daniel talking about? All of us have needs in our lives. All of us do. Irrespective of who we are and irrespective of how much money you may have and where you live at zip code. And you've heard me say over the years on the radio program that when I talk about zip code, whether you are homeless, living in an apartment, living in a condo, a mansion, a home, it doesn't make a difference where you live at. We all have needs in our lives. We should always pray a prayer of confession for those evil thoughts, words, and deeds, sin that we have in our lives. You know, in First John chapter 1, verse 8, the word, not Gary, tell us that if we believe that we can live our lives without sin, then we are deceiving ourselves. We're lying to ourselves. And I always share with people, including pastors who may have forgotten the word. You can go 23 hours, 59 minutes, and 59 seconds without thinking wrong, saying wrong, doing wrong. You're not going to make it that last second because you're not perfect. We're not Jesus Christ. But John is making it clear in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, the next verse. He's letting us know that if we will but pray a prayer of confession, you know, true confession and repentance, you know, turn around from a genuine on the inside heart that God is faithful. I'm not. You're not. You can act like you are. God is faithful. And just to forgive us of the sin in our lives, we're talking about the forgiveness of sin in our lives being a daily need for all of us as believers of the household of faith. And those of you who are not, you may think you are sinless. You know you're not. 
But think about it. Without the forgiveness of those evil thoughts, words, and deeds that we do, where would we be? But not only is one of our great needs the forgiveness of sin in our lives, we also see that we need guidance and wisdom in living our daily lives. But there are those of you who got it going on. I remember uh, presenting a message, and it happened to be two instructors or teachers. And it was shared, you know, the teenagers think they're so smart and wise. Hire them. They know more than you. They can give you guidance for your life, really. Irrespective of your age, depending on what type of guidance you're given. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5, the Word of God lets the believer know to pray for wisdom. Because wisdom is God's insight that is given when you and I ask for it, and that insight allows you and I to see the course of action that needs to be taken in a particular situation that's occurring in our lives. For better of a household of faith, the forgiveness of sin and wisdom are great needs in the life of a believer. But as believers, we have many more. We have the deliverance from temptation by the devil. Remember now, his job is to destroy us, to discredit us. If he still has the power, he would kill us. And as believers on a daily, moment-by-moment basis of praying for deliverance from that temptation, or if not deliverance, the strength to survive, and refute all temptation that comes our way. Our brethren of the household of faith, how about some prayer? In James chapter 4, verse 7 through 8, it lets the believer know that if we submit, surrender therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The word lets us know to draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. That submission to God starts with our prayers before the throne of God. How are you going before the throne of God? Another reason you and I must develop a habitual prayer life is so that we can intercede for our loved ones, our brothers and sisters in Christ. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18 that I know you're going to read in your spare time It tells those who are sick to call upon the believers at their place of worship to pray for them. Prayer is our direct conduit to God, and God is a great physician. Always try to encourage when visiting individuals, whether in the hospital or in the homes, whatever the reason has to be. making sure that they're following the human doctor's direction. God blessed the human doctor to be able to go to school, to get that knowledge. But also share with them, you have a great physician as well. Remember about prayer life. There are those of you who know about this prayer life. There are those of you who are still here on earth because of the intercessory prayers of Individuals at your place of worship or other places of worship around the globe that the doctors had given up hope on. 
but because of the prayers of believers who were in the right relationship with God, that God spared your life. And today you live because of those prayers. And you're not living selfishly. You are sharing with others that you didn't save yourself. That other people who thought they had power over your lives didn't save you. You knew what the human physicians did for your life. And you also knew what God did for your life. And there are those who know, like I do and like you do, that God says it's time to come home. You never know how your prayer of intercession is going to affect those around you globally. Intercessory prayer is when you develop that habit of constant and continual prayer in your walk with God so that you can be ready at a moment's notice to intercede for those that surround us. And I always share with people who are asking for prayer. When you ask for prayer, you know, let the person know specifically you're needing prayer for. You know, those generalities, prayers, you know, oh, God, help such and such. I don't know what they need help for, but you get the message. I know you do. Some of you may look just to the pastor to do the lift up of prayer. But if you ask the pastor, they're going to let you know that it's the prayers of the congregation that's going to enable them to be the kind of person that they, that pastor happens to be. And the reason why they're saying that, they're letting you, the congregation, know that the intercessory prayers are important. And that's why they're trying to encourage you through the studying of the word, the reading of the word, the applying of the word, and getting you on your knees to develop that habit of intercessory prayer. And also God has told us in his word. And whenever we have a need of any kind, that we're to come to him in prayer. I can attest many, 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 many times, too many times, innumerable times, where our loving and faithful God had him seed. But Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 lets us know, therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Brother, we see that this prayer extends beyond our lives and the lives of those that you and I call brothers and sisters in Christ. Beyond those we call the loved ones of our lives. We're talking about prayer that extends to all those around us who are in need. But we have to be careful because prayer alone is not going to be enough when that need comes up. And the book of James lets us know that if we see a need and tell them that we're praying for them and we do nothing about the need when we're capable of doing something, we're not being that believer that we should be. But we're talking about prayer. We're talking about prayer being utilized for the believer in our lives. And we're talking about the Apostle Paul who wanted the believers, the Christians at Thessalonica, to realize that 
getting into the habit of continuous and constant prayer would only serve to further their walk with God. Or brethren of the household of faith, are you developing that habit of prayer and not breaking it because our loving God desires our fellowship with him? Do you recognize that God has placed a yearning, a desire in all of his creation? Remember now, he's the creator. You didn't create yourself irrespective of what other humans were trying to make you believe. But he's placed that desire in us, his creation, to fellowship with him. There are those of you who know within you when you have that yearning desire to to be around another human, a human woman, a human woman, a human man. But here we're talking about from a spiritual perspective where prayer is the tool that you and I can use to fulfill that desire and yearning in our lives. But we have to learn to pray. How about some prayer? Are you praying without ceasing? And while you are praying without ceasing before God, are you listening? Are you trusting him? Brother of the household of faith, and those of you who don't know him, God for you, Lord willing, this evening, 6 p.m., 6 p.m., standard time, Eastern Standard Time, join us, Deborah Hill, the founder, the Bridge of Hope Kitchen, Tampa area of Florida. Also, I want to acknowledge the new listeners in Netherlands, Cameroon, Finland. Thank you for joining. Return this evening and hear this powerful sojourn of Deborah Ann Hill. <laughs> 